This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Hey, good morning and good afternoon. How are everybody? Pete Caliendo, this is Copabe Playball. Welcome. We're a brand new show today and we hope that you will be listening to something extremely special today because, again, remember, Copabe Playball covers the Confederation of Pan-American Countries in North, Central, South America and the Caribbean Islands. And also, it's going to be streamed on Baseball Outside the Box along with YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and we're all over ESPN, Honolulu also. So thanks, folks, for joining Copabe Playball. Today, guess what? Man, we're going to have an interesting talk. We are heading to the island of Belize. Yes, so we got four gentlemen here that... They have started baseball there. Actually, baseball was going on, and then they kind of got involved, and now they're really helping develop the sport there. But it's a brand new to us, and I know to a lot of our audiences, we want you to know what's going on in Belize. So let me welcome, I'm going to do my best here to do the introduction. I'm going to welcome Tony Smith to the show. Also, Andrew Trammell, Joel, what? Help me out, Joel. Run scratch. Is it run scratch or run scratch? <laughs> Well, folks, you might have heard run scratch, but it's not at wash scratch and Richard. What's up, guys? How you all doing? We're good. Good night. We're good, good, night, we're good Peter. Great well, to be glad here. Glad to see you all. This is a special podcast having, you know, four guys on here talking about baseball developments. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about Belize baseball, how it all started. And here's the way we're going to do it, folks, because I think it, I want people in Copabe to know each and one of each and every one of you. Tony, I want you to give a background, a little bit how, you know, how you got involved in baseball, where you grew up, um, and how this all got started. Yeah, good night, guys. My name is Anthony Smith, but my friends call me Tony like Peter, and um, I grew up playing baseball in Chicago since I was the age of 10 years old. I played Little League, I played high school, I played American Legions. After that, um, I started coaching baseball here, down here in Belize, and I'm still playing baseball right now. I play in Mexico, and I also play with Andrew right here on an adult team that we created here in Belize. And I grew up as a pitcher and a center fielder, and I plan to play baseball until I'm old, and I can't throw no more, you know. Yeah, it looks like you could still play, too. You can tell from the, from the video. You're ready to go. Yeah. Hey, Andrew, uh, tell us about your background. How, you know, where'd you start? Where'd you grow up? And, you know, how'd you get involved in, you know, all of a sudden developing? I mean, we're talking about developing a sport in a country. That's not an easy task. Tell us how, how, where we, how you started. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny because like I, I grew up in Chicago as well. We got a lot of Chicago representation here. So shout out to the beautiful city of yeah. Chicago. So, um, you know, growing up, I, I, I started late. I was probably uh, seven years old, second leg of that farm before you enter that thoroughbred Mustang uh, leagues over in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. And so, um, you know, I, I just kind of I tried to pick up wherever I could, wherever they could find me. I was a brand new player and I just was naturally uh, pretty gifted at scooping balls. They threw me at first base. And uh, I inevitably, inevitably got myself over uh, to behind the plate where I really, really loved it. Um, just I, I just emulate anything I could see. I used to go to the White Sox games. I used to go to the Cubs games. And when we're talking about development, I really, really loved it. Organizationally, I, I always kind of 
we would always call them the lovable losers, as everyone knows. And so I, I was a White Sox fan just based on the fact that they would just lose and throw $10 million at Todd Hundley. I said, I'm probably better than him. So, you know, um, <laughs> I know you remember that contract. That was a big I contract. The, hey, I love the honesty. And I got to be honest with the folks who are on Facebook. If you got any questions, we already got people popping up. Listen, it's going to be a great time to ask questions. And, and I got to tell you, you know, um, Andrew, the other thing is, I want, I want the audience to know, yeah, we got a lot of Chicago guys on here, but, you know, baseball is a small world, but it must not be that small because I'm from Chicago and I grew up here. And this is the first yeah. time. And folks, this is the first time that I'm meeting these gentlemen. So this is an honor for me because, again, small world, but yet we've never met in a game of baseball. Andrew, continue, man. Sure, man. So, you know, um, I, I, I made my way. I, I actually was in high school and uh, I had a horrific appendix uh, emergency surgery. So my appendix burst and I just, I kind of saw that window close. I, I really thought I could go probably play D1 or D2 and make my way into some farm league. I, that, that's how I felt. I also played soccer uh, over in uh, Stevenson High School. And from the moment that happened, I, I started to gear myself towards more of like instruction, coaching, training, things of that nature. I ended up becoming a personal trainer over at the gym there and just constantly staying involved with sports. Uh, my mother's from the from Belize. She's actually born in the city of uh, Belize right there in, on George Street, which is kind of well known here. Maybe not as uh, in, a, in a Chirac capacity as uh, George Street. Didn't used to be that way. But, um, you know, just kind of making my way here, seeing how things went, watching boys playing softball. I lost my mind. I lost my mind. So I said, this is a perfect opportunity for me to go. Next time I end up making it to Belize, I'm going to bring my glove. I'm going to bring my cleats. I'm going to do everything I can to help these kids really see where the potential can go. And it turns awesome. out they have a lot of damn potential. Awesome. And we're going to talk about that potential, Andrew. We're going to talk about that. And, and folks, I'm going to, I got to throw this in, but Kopabe, you, you know, the people in Kopabe aren't going to be, aren't going to know this, but talk about a small world. Okay. He mentioned Stevenson high school. Um, Dino Moran was here uh, last oh. night at my house. Bravo, um, Dino. Coach, coach, former Marine, coach yes, at Stevenson High School. I mean, guys, you're, 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 you're exactly, I mean, we're best buddies after you told me all this. Um, hey, Dino let's told me. Hey, Dino, Dino told me this. That, yeah. Did, did Dino say uh, something? Well, no. When my appendix ruptured, I mean, he knew who I was. And he said, buddy, if you're not going to be able to hit the cages by February, you know I got a spot for you. But you're going to have to work your way up. And I just wasn't clear till April. Like I, me and him were really close. And that's Dino straightforward and you got to work. And I'm sure you guys have that same mentality. Cause I read some of the things on Facebook and some of the websites where, you know, you want to make sure these kids, young players, they work hard and, 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 and do the right things all the time. So I think that's big. Hey, uh, Richard, I'm going to jump to you before I get to Joel, because I can't pronounce Joel's last name. I screwed it up. And I told him, I told him I was going to screw it up. I, you know, I, <laughs> you know, and I apologize to everybody for oh, Poppy. Oh, I didn't get the name right. But Richard, <laughs> talk about your background. How did this all happen? Where are you from? And how did you, get, you know, what did you do in baseball? You coaching? Yeah, you that? bet. You bet. You bet. Uh, so I, I was actually, I grew up in the Northeast. Uh, and so I played like, uh, just like Tony and, and Andrew, you know, all Little Leagues, all through Varsity Baseball, American Legion. And I also played amateur ball as well, um, both uh, uh, actually during high school and then uh, up in college. Uh, so around that time, you know, it's just like baseball has always been. I'm a huge, so I'm a Bostonian fan. So I'm Boston, all Boston sports. You know, my dad born on Cape Cod. Uh, so we're all raised as Boston Red Sox fans. So 
Um, so we actually yeah, a lot of drawing that goes on between which city is better in baseball, you know, Chicago sure. versus Boston between Andrew, yeah. Tony and I. Right. Yeah. So a lot of drawing there that goes on. But, um, you know, sort of that, that that love of baseball is is really in my blood. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've moved around a lot in the U.S. I went from from the Northeast, living in Boston, all the way down to Florida, Arizona. And then I finally settled up in uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and that's when I started to have uh, had my kids, uh, and uh, my oldest is uh, an 11 year old boy now, and uh, the kid loves baseball, right? So I was uh, I grew up coaching him all the way from t-ball, uh, all the way until uh, we moved down to Belize February 1st of this year, uh, and so we're coming up on our one year anniversary here of living in Belize. You know, basically we're escaping the lockdowns of the Pac Northwest. Uh, and I'm a scuba diver, so I need to be down in the tropical, oh, yeah. tropical air anyway, right? It's tropical waters, tropical air in Belize. It really doesn't get much better. Uh, so, but it was really hard for me because I was coaching, uh, with, uh, two other very close friends up North in Washington, very good, uh, very good baseball coaches. And we had a great bunch of kids and we had a great bunch of parents, uh, and it was an, it was amazing, an amazing um, a culture that we had there in baseball. Uh, I was also part of the board of directors there for for the little league uh, in my town. So it was very hard for me to make that decision to to leave all of that uh, and move down to Belize. But one thing led to another, and it actually made it happen. So when I came, even before I moved down here, I was reaching out to see is baseball going to Belize? You know, where do I find it? How, how can I stay involved? How can I get involved? I make sure my son keeps playing, what have you. So, you know, so I, I found some people, but it wasn't really until I got down to Belize and I met, uh, and I met Andrew and I met Tony uh, and probably, I was probably like April, of, April or May of this year uh, and instant synergy. I mean, the, the energy there, we all share the same passion uh, and so we have a dream of, of basically taking our love of baseball and building that entire program here in Belize. Uh, so we'll get in more of that, you know, during this call, we'll talk about the various things yeah. that we have in play, things we're doing. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be here and, uh, to be a part of really build something special for the country of Belize, uh, baseball. Yeah. So. And, and I'll throw this in 1975 when I was a young kid, man, I was watching the Boston Red Sox. I was cheering for the Red Sox over the Reds. 1975 World Series. You guys, yep. too, you guys, the other guys are too young for this. But 75 World <laughs> Series, one of the best World Series ever, ever, ever that I've was ever that, seen. Was that uh, Carlton Fisk? Absolutely, Carlton yeah. Fisk, Bernie Carbo, all the group. I mean, yeah. Dwight Evans. You know, you name it. Pete Rose, yep. Concepcion, Foster, and the other side. Unbelievable names on them, but just unbelievable series, right? Game seven, all the way down to the wire. I yeah. have that on cassette tape. I taped <laughs> it when I was a young kid. I still have that. Um, hey, uh, speaking about our, our fourth hitter, this is, the, this is the, looks like the power hitter, right? Batting fourth, Joel. Uh, <laughs> you're building a home in Belize. You're sitting there right now in a home that you're building. It's still not finished. Yeah. Um, tell us about your story, man. Yeah. Uh, I grew up playing Little League. I uh, I grew up in a little town about the size of the town I live in in Belize right now, about 16,000 people up in northern Illinois, 10 miles from the Wisconsin border. Oh, yeah. my, my next door neighbor uh, happened to be Chuck Hiller, who played for the San Francisco Giants. He was in the World Series and has the uh, uh, impetus that he was the first uh, national leader to hit a grand slam in the World Series against the 
uh, New York Yankees. They lost that series, unfortunately, but he was in that series. So we would go to Wrigley Field all the time to watch the Giants play the Cubs, okay? And I watched the Giants, but I fell in love with the Cubs, all right? Uh, so that's that's the yin and the yang here. I'm the Cubs fan in the bunch in the group here. Um, but White Sox. <laughs> yeah, we we don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> so when Rich says that, or when you say 1975 was a great real World Series, I tend to go to 2016 as far as the best World Series. Absolutely. Well, you got you to gotta say that's pretty close, both of them. Uh, 2004 you. guys from my Boston Red Sox. <laughs> All right, so. whatever. whatever. So I, I played... Uh, 05, 05. Yep. Yeah, I didn't hear the White Sox in there. There you go. 05, 05, 05. We this had some of the best pictures. We didn't get anything done at our meetings because we do this. <laughs> <laughs> Setting the tone here. This is how it is. Go ahead, Joel. I got you. Go ahead. So I I played uh, little league. I played high school ball. Um, we were uh, uh, first place in our league in in high school uh, baseball. We uh, I was voted uh, most valuable player on the team as a catcher. Um, so a lot of us here are catchers, <laughs> and they seem to be the both best coaches. So. Uh, I'm kind of glad they're all here. Um, yeah, so I did that. After high school, I went and played one year in college uh, at SIU Carbondale. I rode the Pines, uh, and after going through about three quarters of the season, I could see that they didn't have me in their plans. So I quit baseball down there and waited until after college where I played in a over 30 league up until I was 46 years old. So I played I played uh, quite a bit after I left college. So how'd, you, how'd you connect with these guys? And uh, I was looking to move to Belize, right? I had married my sweetheart who was from Belize, from Orange Walk, Walk here. Um, I was looking and researching what's going on with baseball in Belize, because that, again, is my passion. So, I'm checking it out, and I see that uh, they were starting a federation down in Belize, and I watched their uh, press conference, and I saw Anthony and Andrew were both at this press conference talking about baseball in Belize. And so I reached out to Anthony uh, by email. He got back to me. We got talking back and forth, and I guess it was probably about five, six years ago uh, when I came down here, we met and uh, found out that we're basically related, and <laughs> um, here we are. So awesome. at that point, I said, "Well, I'm going to help you anyway. We can't. I can in the states until I move here." So I've been basically spearheading donations in the U.S., sending them down to Belize, either through uh, his mother up in North Chicago or uh, through a. a service that ships it down to Belize. So I've been and we're gonna, Joel, and we're, and we're going to talk about those donations because I want people to know about it. Um, I also want to mention, because I look down once in a while, it's not because I'm not paying attention. It's because I see a lot of people on Facebook, uh, just a little pressure on you. I know two college coaches. I won't mention their names right now, two top ones that are listening to the show. Um, but there's a lot more people listening to the show on Facebook. That's not even counting Twitter and uh, YouTube, folks. Again, this is Copave Playball. And we're talking about Belize baseball. We're going to jump right into it. 
Anthony, I'm going to start with you. And here's where I want to start because, you know, obviously what I think the folks can hear is um, the love of the game from everybody that just spoke. Okay. I think that's a, that's something that keeps you guys together, brought you guys all together. The love of baseball, the love of development. You're obviously in a super place, you know, with the weather, you know, perfect. I mean, you guys can Don't play know. all year round, right? <laughs> and then you can play all year round. Uh, that's a huge benefit. But let's go into the history a little bit, Anthony, of Belize baseball, because there was a point where they were playing, then it stopped, and there's a major leaguer that was involved. Talk a little bit about that. I want the people to know a little bit about the history, and then we'll get into what you guys are, are, are pretty much doing now. All right, well, so um, baseball was played back in 1960. Back in the day, it was played big time. Um, we also had um, Gary Matthews came here, Hank Aaron, and it, it stopped and started playing back again in 1991, which around those times, there was a Belizean that moved to um, New Orleans. His name was Reynaldo Chito Martinez, who got drafted by the Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles, and he played for them for about three years. And when he stopped playing in 1993, baseball stopped playing in Belize from 1991 to 1993, stopped playing and it died for about 29 years. He had a son wow. named Drew Martinez that got drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers and New York Mets. He went to the University of Memphis. He was a great outfielder. He was a great hitter. But Drew went back to coach the same college he graduated from because he loved coaching. He loved the game. And so we've been in Belize. I've been in Belize about um, 10 years. And I thought baseball wasn't played in Belize. And I only saw softball. And I said, man, I can't play softball because I might hurt somebody throwing hard. Because I throw, I throw hard, you know what I'm saying? So um, I ended up meeting these guys, and they were doing baseball. And so I said, my old baseball gear, I'm going to donate to you guys, right? And my mom ended up investing, like, over $1,000 worth of baseball equipment, brand-new barrel-full baseball equipment. We started baseball. I ended up meeting Andrew. And from ever since, we've been pushing for baseball. He's a catcher. I'm a pitcher. I love throwing with him because he throws hard. So we've been pushing baseball and try to revive baseball from 29 years ago in a small country of Belize, which is a Caribbean country, just like Cuba, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. We also have Venezuelans here in Belize. We have Nick Rogans. We have coaches. Mm -hmm. We have experts. We have us. We have a physical developer who deals with the biomechanics of baseball. So we've been trying to revive this sport. We have a lot of talent. We have a lot of prospects. We have kids from the age of eight and up that can be something big, you know? Uh, and, so, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, as you're talking, I was also reading, and I, th I think this is very interesting. Um, I was reading that uh, in Belize, the WGN was, is big there, was big there, right? The Cubs. Yeah, were, were, WGN was big because back in Belize, they only had one channel, which was WGN. So Belize is the second biggest fan base out of Chicago. Everybody here, wow. if you see everybody, they got on Cubs hat, Cubs shirt, they can talk about it. They can talk about, they can talk about Jim, what was his name? What was his name? Carrie Wood, Carrie Wood. They can talk about, take me out to the ball game, you know? So the fan base is big, but just it died and nobody kept pushing it. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to push it on a higher level to make baseball bigger and better. We're here to do a lot of damage in baseball in Belize. Awesome. And I got a feeling you guys are going to do a great job. I'm going to jump to Richard, but remember, anybody wants to jump in and hit that hand and you can add. Richard, we were, we were talking about earlier, um, you know, about, Belize, where the baseball's at, part of the country, you know, explain kind of the overall what's going on in Belize baseball-wise also. 
Yeah, so we right now we have uh, several contacts in different regions or what they call districts uh, around uh, around Belize. Uh, so there's a large number of teams uh, down in the southern part of Belize. We have folks in Belize City. Uh, we currently live in what's called the Cayo District. So uh, so Andrew, Tony, and myself, we're all in basically Belmopan is the capital city of Belize. Uh, and so it's a very part of the largest district in Belize. Uh, and there's other areas. Uh, Orange Walk uh, is another area that's uh, more northern Belize. So the goal really is for um, is to really bring all these different districts together uh, under a more unified structure uh, and and be able to build um, really a strong youth program, starting all the way from T-ball and building all the way up. You know, it's just like a very similar model as to how the U.S. you know sort of the does mm-hmm. structures their age group. So, uh, I've already been working with, we've all been working with um, a couple of our contacts uh, who, uh, and actually, he with the his name uh, Derek Jones, actually one of the guys that uh, one of the last guys to actually play youth baseball here in Belize. Uh, so, uh, work with him is also a gentleman named Jermaine Crawford, who's also very instrumental. Um, in terms of youth programs, um, he's actually a school principal. So uh, we're leveraging a lot of different people, a lot of different networks here, uh, people that already have uh, things that they've been doing in the past. We want to bring everything together, but a very strong program, all those districts, and then create a, a level of competition uh, across multiple age groups, uh, across those districts, and, uh, and just drive more interest. And again, we're doing this for the youth, right? We're trying to like help out youth, give them something to do. Um, you know, COVID has been a hard on everyone around the world. So yeah. we're trying to basically, this is a means for us to bring them all these kids out of the woodwork and show them something different than just playing football or you know, soccer for those of us in the U.S. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're really, yeah, as you can see, we're really passionate about really building that entire program here in Belize. You know what? I'm not sure. I'm going to either ask Anthony or Joel. Either one could answer it, or anybody could answer it. But I, you know, because I'm not sure exactly who understands Belize baseball the most. Um, I'm hoping uh, most of you do. But here's the here's the area. Before we get into the question, I was looking on again online, and I see this title. I see the I see David Ross invited by Belize Tourism Bureau to come vacation for free. Okay, but that's all I see. I didn't see anything else. Did David Ross actually come down? Did he take that offer or was it an offer by the tourism board and it just never happened? Grandpa has not arrived. No. Okay. We got to get grandpa there and I'll tell you why. And I bring that up only because I'm going to laugh uh, at our Pan Am, our USA team at 15, 16 years old, between 90 and 96, I was one of the coaches and director of the program. Uh, David played for us. That's as a 15 year old. So when I saw that title, I had to ask. I was like, yeah, man, that'd be great. I mean, a free vacation. And of course, he was probably playing in the big leagues at the time. Maybe he yeah. couldn't come down. Um, but maybe that we, we can make that happen in the future. You never know. We'll try to connect with him. But here's my question. I think it's important because remember, this could probably play ball. We want to give people as much information about baseball there. Um, and a big question will come up. And we talk about it a lot on the show. We know. If people are crazy, if they don't think the grassroots is where you have to start when you develop a game, I think everybody understands that you got to develop at the grassroots level. Yes, eventually you need some national teams and some other goals for kids to reach. I get all that. But what's right now, what do you think the numbers are on Belize? Um, We know this from Anthony telling me uh, offline that obviously population wise, you're bigger than Curacao. Curacao has a per capita more major leaguers than anybody 
in baseball. Okay, there's more major leaguers come out of Curacao per capita than anybody. Belize has that, obviously, that uh, opportunity to get to that level one day because you have the numbers, you have the weather, and you got kids. But right now, how many kids are playing baseball? Give us an idea where that's at. Um, and it's mostly baseball, right? Mm-hmm. If, yeah, if we're, if, we're talking on this, if we're talking on the scale of baseball, then we're pr- probably looking at anywhere in the range. You got I mean, we're going to get to all these points, right? Uh, talking about education, about classroom and all this stuff. But Yeah, we'll get together. Yeah, in in Belmopan, I would consider our numbers at the height or any type of active status within that thirty to forty range. Thirty, forty, 30 40 what? Forty kids. Yeah, okay. and that that goes from basically age five at the minimum five six to about seventeen. If you had to guess the whole the whole country, if you just had to take a guess, right? So that's that's kind of what I'm getting at because that's that's where we know active baseball is being played. If you want to talk about uh, penciling in the rest, really, it's about 150. Okay. That, right, we're that, aware, that, that we're aware of, but we wouldn't say that they're they're doing any type of considerable training or or practicing, even getting little scrimmages involved like we are. I know that they're there. It's just that we're, I, I would have to say that we're probably the most active. So that's why I'm giving you that number. Um, penciled in with our Belize City affiliates as well that we always kind of collaborate with and do stuff all over the place, so. Yeah, and, and one thing I do get because of all the countries that we've been in, Joel, and I know maybe you can answer this for me. I know one of the goals eventually, and I know it doesn't happen right away. Matter of fact, sometimes in some countries, it doesn't happen in 100 years uh, because you're always going to have different factions. You're going to have different ideas, different people wanting to do things. But ideally, and I know you guys have this passion, ideally, you want to grow the game together with everybody, hopefully, at one, you know, one day. I know it can't happen right away, uh, but talk about those goals, Joel, what you guys want to do there. Yeah, I mean, that's where these three guys come in big time. Um, these guys are in Belmopan, which is the capital. We see that as the area that we need to concentrate on, build up baseball there, get it in some leagues, get some, and get a, a world-class campus built, baseball campus where we can have an academy, where we can have the baseball field, where we can have hitting and ba- uh, base running and you name it, pitching uh, going on there. Um, if we can do that in Belmopan, we met with uh, the mayor of Belmopan about two months ago. Um, she was very helpful. She was very uh, receptive to what we had to say. We told her we wanted to take over a field that wasn't being used right now. Uh, and she uh, said that she would try to help us any way she could. Uh, and she said, get your monies together and uh, let's talk. keep talking. So that's where we're at right now. We're, we're trying to build up in Belmopan, get a world-class facility built, use that for an academy, and bring these people from other uh, districts of Belize to play there, and then build these same facilities in each of the five districts of Belize. So that's awesome. our main goal, okay? Awesome. If, but we would much rather start at the grassroots, build it and train and build coaches, okay? These three are coaches bar none, okay? Mm-hmm. And so if we can replicate this, these three guys, and have that in all districts in Belize, we're gonna have a great baseball league. Awesome, well put. And listen, the, the other thing about all this, and anybody, here's how we're gonna do this maybe, um, anybody could answer this because sometimes I'm not sure exactly who has a specific skill level, but you know, 
Okay, so we got the idea, and I, I know we understand that we've got to develop the grassroots level. Um, with developing, the two, two things have to occur. One, you mentioned it, coaching and coaching development is critical. We're going to get into that. But before you even got coaching development or with coaching development, you also have to attract kids to come to the sport. Um, so that's what Anthony, or, uh, excuse me, Andrew was talking about earlier, you know, the school systems. Talk about, because everybody has different ideas and it's interesting to spread those ideas because it could also help other countries in case they've never heard of it. I, I hear this all the time. Let's go to the schools and get the kids to play because obviously you're competing against other sports. Soccer is a big sport all over the world. So you're not the only one competing against soccer. Everybody is around the world. Baseball is not the most exciting sport in a lot of ways. You know, I've coached it 39 years and, and, I, and, I, and I'm the one telling you it's not exciting all the time. It may be exciting to you as a coach, but sometimes to a player when practice is boring or when the games, you know, they're not getting a ball hit to them. That's not a whole lot of fun. So yeah. my point here is talk about the goals that you guys have, how to get kids to play and come to the clubs or to the, because, to, and that's the other thing I want you to explain. Are there clubs? Are there teams? How's that going to be organized? Well, well, the goal is like you were saying is what we've been doing is we go to the schools and try to attract kids. If at a, at our show in the school, 50 kids show up and only 30 stays, that is good. Or even 20, that is good to get kids. So we go to different schools in Belize and that's how we do it. We go to different districts and do baseball camp to attract more people. And nice. the goal is for like um, coach, um, coach Joe was saying is to go around the different districts and attract and create more teams, like have 12 teams under association for right now. And from there and help them out with gears and training, show them the right way how to do it. And so we're going to create this league. You're going to have little league. I mean, you're going to have T-ball, little league. You're going to have um, high school baseball. Then you're going to have the adult or the senior baseball, which is what we play on, you know. And then the best player. Out of districts, you're going to have all the schools challenge each other. And there's going to be the best winning team of that district. And they play against all five districts, the best of the best. And then the national, you know. And, and is that is that run? That's not run by the schools. That's run by individual coaches that you guys yeah. are organizing. That's we we run it. We run the organization and everything. Like um, we host adult baseball games here in Belmont or in Belize for the first time ever. We've been to Guatemala. We came in second place. We played against a semi-pro pitcher from Texas from the um, uh, um you call it the Pajo leagues, but now they change it to the MLB um, minor leagues, right? And then we play in Mexico. We have played there against our team. So now Guatemala and Mexico, the countries closest to us, want to come here to play baseball. So the goal is to host baseball here for other countries so they can see that there's a lot of talent here and baseball is big here in raw talent. I know? get that. Anthony, I get that. But okay, but I want to I want to drill down to the young kids because what I want to know is you get the kids out of the school, now you're gonna put them on a team. Uh, yeah, somebody somebody's got to coach that those teams eventually. You're going to need yeah. more coaches. So now yeah. you're in the next phase of it, developing coaches and also trying to get coaches. It's not easy to get volunteers nah. to coach baseball. And then no. also, like you guys said, to train them. So talk about that a little bit, how that, how maybe some goals you might have. I get it. You may not have the system all set yet, but maybe some mm -hmm. goals on how you're trying to go. Sure. So, uh, Peter, I, uh, I was, I was listening to the one you had literally just done previously with them, um, that Haitian gentleman. And um, he kind of he kind of prefaces like it was almost the same exact thing that we were doing when we're talking about recruiting kids as we kind of show up, we make contact with the principal or hopefully the athletic director if they have one. 
set up a demonstration, invite them to the field. Okay, this is the first batch. I'd call this like the first batch, first wave of, uh, of our players here. So within this amount of players that we have, um, I, I would consider probably 55% of them, 55% of them potential coaches in the future. Oh. And, and during this COVID thing, it kind of slowed down, right? So you would see a lot of them where they were athletically, you know, sound and stuff, you know, you're just not seeing it now. So it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a it's a harsh awakening for them to see that they're probably going to get, they're probably going to get surpassed because they lost that, that period. And mm -hmm. if they're watching, they watch, they're looking at us. We're not diminishing anything. All we're saying is that you're going to stay with us a lot longer than these players that are going to be coming after you. Cause our goal is to get them out. If you guys are going to be here with us, you're now you're 23, 24, you're playing in our senior league. You are going to be our primary coaches that we're going to start to disperse awesome. out. Given the fact that they learned every single step, every single mode of discipline, the hard practices, you know, any any little slight hiccup in, in discipline, we're going to go run, we're going to go sprint, we're going to do these things, you're not going to touch a ball or glove. The fact that these first tier of kids, these first wave know that is going to help us in the long run, because that's what I foresee as being coaches. I don't, I don't, I would love to have volunteers, you know, I would love to have the parents show up. It's just not happening. Right. right? No, so, that, and that makes sense. No, no. Hey, let me tell you, I think you guys are heading in a great direction. My other question on that area, and I, I want to stick with this. And again, anybody else can add my other question in this. I, I, I see, I got a raised hand here. Um, who's got the hand up? I missed it. My fault. Uh, Joe. Yeah, Joe, go ahead. You add, and then I'll ask the question. Yeah. Uh, thinking on what he has said, we are again at the grassroots trying to build in Belmont, building coaches, building teams, building a league. From there, we've got to take that and start duplicating it. Okay. And the only way to do that, we see it, the only way to do that is to get the fire in the belly of other coaches. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once we have, and we have people going out to the other district, as Rich was saying, but as far as them building on what we have set as the groundwork, okay, we'll be able to duplicate that over time. Our goal is not to have baseball in every Belize uh, district within the next six months, but right. the hope is within the next two years, we are covering four of those districts, within the next three years, covering five districts, okay? So those are the, that's just what we're looking at. And like I said, we, we meet, it's kind of tough uh, with me and being in the U.S. and them being here, but we meet every week to strategize and put together a philosophy. Um, we also have a guy that helping us uh, from Baseball Without Borders that um, has helped us along the way and, and given us some ideas as far as the academy and stuff. But that, that academy, as we see it, is going to be a magnet, okay? As we start putting these teams in other districts, then bringing them into an academy and giving them more, giving them more than they could get just in that district. That's let me, let me, yeah, Joe, and let, let me. Uh, Richard, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to build off on what Joel said here. So I, I've got some, it really boils down to some very fundamental things, right? So uh, I mentioned before, 
building that structure, right? So I build up what Joel said. We're, well, our goal here actually right in the new year in January uh, is to basically we're, uh, and I got to be honest, they're, they're kind of looking at us to drive a lot of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we were so involved with Belmont Pan, the rest of the country and our contacts are really, um, we're leveraging some of their, uh, some of their experience, but we're trying to push and drive things, drive things in terms of resource investment, um, the setting up the fundamental structure, having a unified structure that everyone buys into one single mission of what we're trying to do. So everyone can buy into that mission and understand here's the current state, here's where we're going, right? And how are we going to get there? So having a structure that everyone can buy into um, across all the districts. What we're also trying to do is in order to drive interest with the kids in the schools, because of the complexities that, that COVID has caused, what we're trying to do is everything we're doing, like this right here, it's about the marketing. It's how do we find different vehicles to get our message out there since we can't, because necessarily we can't be in the schools and doing what we want to be doing, going in there and actually doing that. So once we actually get to that point, we can be in the schools and the COVID things start to relax a little bit more and sort of, I'll, I'll say it, try and go back to the way it used to be. Um, yeah. In the meantime, we're doing all these types of marketing strategies. You look at Andrew and Tony wearing those t-shirts right now leveraging this type of podcast and getting the message out. Um, other things that we're going to be doing, running around, touring different districts, doing like little demo camps, all those things and pictures and films, videos, we're trying to build that to help build the message, get the message out there to say, look, we're serious about this. Here's the structure. Um, and here's the different types of things that we're doing. And we've actually made investments. Uh, we now have over the past three months, we have a 55-foot batting cage net that is now here in Belize with the intent to build an actual uh, a, a structure where we have a batting cage for both batting and pitching. Uh, we have other devices uh, that are made by Jugs, the Jugs products that actually uh, allow kids to work. We have a pitching machine uh, that we purchased as well. Uh, so we have all these resources and, and we're spending money to demonstrate, like, look, we're serious about this. We want to build a class A program here in Belize of doing that. So it's the marketing, it's the resources, the investment, uh, and then going after, you know, sponsors, uh, sponsorships, and, you know, just getting people that share the same vision, people from the U.S., people from other Caribbean countries, and say, we want to help these guys succeed because then we can play them. We can actually, we can go, we can play uh, different teams, different countries. So it's, it's, uh, it's really important. You know, so that's that's you know, where we're and going. And you brought up you, you guys brought up some great points because it's not just baseball. It's about developing a business. It's like a business. Basically, if you don't run like a business, it's going to fail. Um, now, here, here's what I'd love to get into, because you're all, you know, have been in the U.S. Some of you have played, you've coached in it. There's a lot of things that you learn when we're, you know, as Americans in the game of baseball. But there's also a lot of mistakes we've made here in the U.S. Um, when it comes to developing the game. I want to hear from maybe each and one of you things that you've learned so you don't make that mistake that we've made here in the States down in Belize, because you're starting pretty much from scratch, which is great because you can mold it in a, in a good direction, let's say. So who wants to start? Whoever wants to start on that? Something that you, that, that you want to, and you're not criticizing anybody. You're just looking, you're learning, right? Might as well learn faster by looking at the mistakes some people made in the States and not make that same mistake twice. Yeah. Um, one of the mistakes is, um, to push hard and don't give up and um every player is valuable you know that's one of the things i've learned and um talk to your players train each one of them you know work hard they have to be good student athletes 
you know, everybody, we got, we got to help each other out. You know, we got to help each other out in baseball. What you learn on the field is what you're going to take in real life. You know, what you learn at Diamond, you take in real life, like discipline, fundamentals, how to each other like brothers, you know. That's what I learned in baseball. Baseball for me was a sport that kept me out of trouble. Just going in Chicago from the street, gangs, drugs. I never did none of those because baseball was a place I can go and release my stress. And I want these kids here in Belize to see that baseball can change your life. Baseball can take you to a positive direction. You know, Joel, go ahead, follow up. Yeah, I it, I was going to go there too. That we don't see the problem being kids not being interested. Okay, we know that kids don't have a lot of outlets in Belize. Okay, we know that if we can dangle a carrot in front of them that says, this will keep you off the street, this will give you some knowledge, this will give you some uh, teamwork, this will give you all those things that can make you successful in any part of life, not just baseball. If we can do that, if we can dangle that carrot in front of the Belize kids, and we've found, in, and I don't want to generalize, but in, in Belize children are some of the most, they, they are looking for attention. They are looking for someone to take them. And when a Andrew is tough on them and says, here, you need to do this, they're receptive to that. They love that, okay? so. As I've looked at the U.S. over the years, I've seen a lessening of uh, interest in baseball. Sorry about the firecrackers. Uh, a lessening about interest in baseball here in the States. And what I'm saying is these, we are ripe. We are ripe for baseball. So you're right. We need, we need to figure out what are those things that we can do that are going to avoid the mistakes that were made in the U.S. and build it here in Belize. I think uh, I think one of the challenges, um, uh, personally for me, I, th I mentioned it earlier, was coming down from the U.S. was the the group that I worked with, the the teams that I coached. Uh, the parents were just amazing. Like all the parents loved each other. They're all like they all come to the games. A lot of support. A lot of support. Um, I, I, I've, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of that that same um, dynamic here yet uh, in Belize. Uh, so I, I, I need, I want to find a way to like, how do I, how do I connect with the parents, or how do we connect with the parents and get them out there and say, look, that goes back to like the message, right? So we have, this is the message. This is what we're trying to do. This is what we can do for your children. Um, and so, you know, it's like, come out, like show support for your kids. Um, well, if you need help, we'll also try and give you help if you need to, if you need, if, if your kids need, are struggling in school, we'll find a tutor, right? We actually, have, we have a, we have a very good, uh, a female softball player because softball, female softball was, uh, was, and as actually is still pretty popular here in Belize. Um, and so she actually comes and practices baseball with us, with the youth, with the adults. She's very good. And there's a lot of other really good women out there that play softball. Guess what? They can play baseball too. So, sure. you know, we're really trying to get that message out there where we want it to be youth, male, female. We want to really get that message out there like baseball and make it here to stay and make it strong. Um, but we need cooperation from everybody. And that includes the parents too. So it, it looks like Peter X, it looks like he left. Um, 
I don't know if you guys noticed that, but um, I, we could probably still we could probably still kind of piggyback off this idea. I guess I'll give my two cents on it. Is there were there were times where there were some players who kind of excelled, and they were dominating in in my leagues uh, growing up in BGRA Buffalo Grove there, and um, they were almost kind of shunned out. They were kind of outcasted because they didn't they didn't want. <laughs> Although it was recreational, they still didn't want these particular players to dominate over certain kids that just weren't at that level. Um, I think that for our sake, as we kind of, I say, go ahead, Stefan, like go, go, go face Edmund. You know, you got a 17 year old pitching against an 11 year old, albeit he wasn't given his gas. The kids still ripped a single off him in the, in the right field there. And I'm sure we all saw that minus Joel. So um, just kind of, yeah, like giving the competition an extra leg up, right? Like we don't want to be able to suppress things just to cater to everyone. You know, we'll probably give ourselves groups where like, okay, these guys are more recreational. I want to have, you know, like obviously there's travel in the States. There's next level, you know, there's feeder schools for universities and, and high school teams that kind of play in the off season and blah, blah, blah. But um, at, at these younger age levels, we I would I would love to see that happen versus the opposite where I had to deal with, well, some of my best friends not being able to play in my league because they were just cracking home runs left and right, or they were striking everybody out, you know, maybe up that competition or just give another avenue where these kids could probably play a year up or a year two, um, two years up or whatever it might be. Um, we're I guess, I guess Peter's off, man. Um, he's coming back. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, there's, there's, yeah. So, so to build off that, Andrew, there's always opportunities where, you know, I mean, obviously, again, the, we have to we're focused on building the core, right? It's a really building right. that foundation for of baseball. So we have a long way to go, you know, with that. Um, mm. uh, and so you know, until we get to the point where, you know, we have uh, separating and actually having travel teams of kids that are, you know, much higher skilled. So uh, this is about building a foundation, uh, a lasting foundation for uh, for the country. So that's uh, yeah, well. The kids are there, and uh, there's a lot of talent here in Belize. So, you know, we will definitely um, – we will push for those ones that, uh, that maybe are excelling and give them other avenues to, uh, uh, to keep working and, uh, and keep improving. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's kind, of, that's kind of my point, right, Rich? You know, that's kind of my point is that we – I mean, we could – we know – all of us know in our minds, we're not going to say names, name call on this, but some of them are getting bored, Right. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that is also like because want to see for that. Yeah, no, I no, think no. part of part of that is uh, you know you've got the, because we have the mixture in age groups. Um, once age, we once we once once we build that out, and yeah. more kids are playing at their own age group. That makes a big difference. So yeah, and again, we're for just sure. you know we're we're just giving experience based on what we see in Belmont uh, in our little area that with the kids we see all the time. So as we branch out into these other districts and, and I have a unified structure and uh, similar age groups, then we'll get more competition across those districts. And, uh, and then the engagement from those kids will just, uh, will keep going, so. Yeah, I, I think Peter's point that there have been mistakes made in the US in the organization, okay? We need to learn from that. I know I don't have, I was never involved in a organizational thing in the US, so. As I see it, we are a good organism. We are an organism that, that gets things done at a very small level and can create synergy. But hang on, hang on, hang on. Can you hear me? 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Welcome yeah. back, okay. Peter. Yeah, okay, we got. <laughs> that's all right, buddy. We got cut off, so hang on a second because we're gonna have to start this just from. Hey, Joel, hate to, for you to repeat it, but you came on. Um, remember, and I said, Joel, go ahead. Yeah. Can you can you start from there? <laughs> We've been talking since then. I don't remember what I said. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is it's not recorded. Okay. Um, yeah, something went, I don't know what happened. Things shut down here. Just all of a sudden, everything went blank. Well, it was actually, so when a person leaves, the recording actually stays. So even though you're the host, Peter, it actually keeps recording. So it's been recording the entire recording? time. still streaming. It's still okay. recording, still streaming. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Right. So good. where did you just end off when I came on? Well, we've been we've been talking about the whole, uh, we were learning, right? a question that, you know, your, your question is how do we, not make the mistakes that the U.S. has made. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so I'm gonna just hang on a second because I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna make sure our uh, director has to cut this and edit it. So I'm gonna make sure where we're at here. Yeah. Okay. So that was the end of that, pretty much. Yeah. We're we're we. I guess what I would like to say is that we are a good organism. We are at a local level of very good organism and we get things done at that level, okay? We aren't a good organization yet. And I don't know if all of us have, all of us have some very positive things from the US that we can build on. Um, I don't know if we understand totally all of the um, problems in the US and maybe that's where you could help us understand that and overcome some of those problems. Because as we become organized, as we start to uh, join the pony leagues, as we start to do some of these things that becomes an organization, then we need to understand what the problems have been in the US and then we can avoid it. Yeah, and by the way, congratulations on Pony Baseball, great organization, glad you guys are joining that. Um, tell me about some of the issues that you might, okay, now there's going to be some roadblocks. What do you think some of the roadblocks are and, well, and how are you going to overcome some of those? Well, a lot of roadblocks that we have here in Belize is support from the government. No. Um, there's no facility and this and that. Everything we've been doing, like Coach Rich was saying earlier, we've been investing our own money. We've been pushing. We turn a baseball field in less than two hours. I mean, a football field in less than two hours into a baseball field. And it turned out beautiful. Even the government of Belize, I love what we did. They said, how do you guys feel about uh, adopting a field? What we need here is um, better structure and baseball to be played in every district. And for us to be a part of um, World Sawbon Baseball Confederation, for us to be part of all those things for the Caribbean series, everything, and to send players out. And our goal here in Belize is to push hard for baseball from, from the age of five years up and send them to college, make prospects, send them to the Dominican Republic. We already have a scout from the Dominican Republic that wants to come to Belize and said, hey, if you guys have talented kids, less than 14, send videos, send pictures, and send them to the Dominican Republic. We're going to develop them from there, sign them hopefully to a major league team. And that's the biggest goal right there. They just had a kid from Belize that was in that big showcase in Miami, the power showcase, first time ever in history. And also there's a kid in, in Mexico. He's about 16 years old. He got drafted by the... Diablos of Mexico, which is a, like a major league baseball team, the LMB, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. His name is uh, Jordi, Jordi Arias, right? And um, the kid's talented. The kid throws hard from the age of 13. He's been throwing 88 miles an hour, and he's Belizean. So the talent here, there's big kids. There's natural talent. There's no steroids. There's nothing, you know what I'm saying? 
Just Absolutely. And I want to ask you about that because before I do, folks on Facebook, my apologies. I think maybe I didn't pay my electrical bill. Something happened. All of a sudden, everything <laughs> went out. But these guys did a great job. They don't even need me as a whole. So you guys, great job. You just keep going, talking about Belize baseball. I know our guys on Facebook are excited here. We got some great baseball coaches on Facebook, really good ones. And I just want to take a question, and any of you guys could answer this. Matt, Matt Tallarini wants to know, when you – when do you guys think Belize could make a pivot of having a forefront of prospect players being signed by international signing periods in the future for MLB? And Matt, just so you know, in the past they've had a major leaguer, but when do you think that period can be in the future is what he's asking. Next year. Next year. <laughs> Next year. And, 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 and these are players that you've seen already, right? These are players that we've been training before um, Coach Rich came to Belize and been a part with us. We've been training kids for about five years. And we have a couple of prospects. We got about at least five prospects of the age of less than 13. And Coach Rich has just added on to that. And these kids are getting better and throwing harder than some adults, you know. And the discipline that they have is even great. So next year awesome. we can see a prospect. Or I share, the, pa I, I share the passion with Tony, uh, with Tony there. I, I don't know if we're quite there with one next year, but uh, I think we're close with uh, with a few players, but I think one year might be a little bit aggressive. But yeah, but what, <laughs> a little young. Yeah, the one, right. I, the one what, I'm thinking of is a little young, so we're gonna have to we have to work him a little bit harder. What, what, what's nice about all this, Richard, is you know the what I want to ask him before we do. I want to give a shout out to my buddy Rolando De Armas, uh, Diamondbacks coach, also uh, coach of the silver medal team, USA team in the Olympics this year in uh, in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Great guy, great coach, been around the game a long time. This guy's awesome, um, speaks Spanish, everything. But he, here's the other part. Talk about, because you mentioned the athletes. Uh, there's a, uh, these young kids, they're athletic, a lot of them. What, what's the reason for that? I know a lot of, you know, Latin countries have, you know, athletic players, Caribbean kids. Um, what kind of athletes are we talking about? Why, they, why well, I guess I'm asking how, how they develop and become athletes. What's the, what's, what's the reason? How? I, I mean, the, uh, I can't remember the guy, the, the Haitian gentleman that you were on with. We're talking uh, about. Ernzo Pierre is sitting there mentioning about, oh, we, you got to throw a rock at a mango yeah, to get a that's mango what down. We do. You got to throw a rock at a coconut mm -hmm. to try and get it down. Like all these natural things that they go about their daily lives. None of them are driving. They're all walking. They're all running. They're all chasing each other. They're chasing. I mean, horses, got, cows, how, cows, cattle, um, chickens. Like, seriously, it's, it's like it's. It's like you go back 100 years in American civilization where everyone's just harder and they were stronger. You have, you have that type of genetic pool here where people are just naturally gifted, plus the competition that they, they, they yearn for, um, mixing it with like, okay, now I, now I have access to YouTube, right? So now they're learning skills that we never really were able to develop until our later years. They're kind of mm -hmm. taking what they have naturally and... Uh, and in, in, in my opinion, it's boosted. It's, it's definitely higher than what you see in the States. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. They have that extra gift. Now you're taking that, that knowledge and that, that experience of YouTube and being able to study and look at this and that. They're implementing that into their young bodies and just their muscle memory is just there. And it's natural and it's, it's beautiful. Um, hey, do, these kids, I, do these kids go out and play on their own once in a while like we used to? Yeah, these kids, these kids do all that. They, they probably play with tennis balls because... What is hard right here is baseball gears, and they're running around barefoot. We're using stones. Or growing up, like Andrew was saying, I would use a, 
uh, rock and try to hit the mango down, but the objective was not to hit the mango, but the little stem that holds it. So you can nice. eat that mango. Got to throw strikes. And you got to yeah. throw strikes. That's how I know <laughs> I was going to become a pitcher, you know? So that's what I did. And that gave me the love of baseball. I went to Chicago, been playing since then, and I never stopped. And I'm keep I'm going to keep going. And I, I would say that the, the natural nutrition here kind of helps as well. We ain't got much fast food, you know. There's yeah, there's no there's no GMO products. Yeah. Here. There's no GMO <laughs> you, better, you better hope that doesn't change because if hey, that I, changes, the uh, different conversation. But there, I see yes. stuff being prayed in the sky. But yeah, it's kind of <laughs> love pray. it. All you do is pray. But seriously, yeah, that it, it does take it does take kind of a you know. So there's an uptake in that just because you can pick anything off the trees that you just walk around. You have natural fruits and proteins and wonderful yeah. nutrients and vitamins that just just help you recover. Supplement. Absolutely. You know that, that love it. That's that's a lot of um, video games, a lot of those things that are holding them back from being active. Okay, right. So they have very few things that are they're passionate about. So again, dangling that carrot and getting them passionate and using their natural talents, win-win. And the nice, the nice thing about all this social media where we have, you know, all these different coaches around the U.S. Uh, that are, you know, running their own videos, indoor facilities and running all types of drills. So we are, you know, we leverage. So every day, like, I think I think Andrew and I, and even Tony, every day we're exchanging on, look at this drill. This drill will be great. And so we're just all those resources that are out there. And we Perfect. take those resources and apply those to our coaching to keep our kids more and more engaged, right? So practices don't become monotonous. So yeah. they are, they're always mixing it up. Yep. Perfect. Love that. I'll tell you what, everything you're saying is just sweet in my ears because I love to hear all that stuff. Um, what about, you know, you mentioned other sports and I, it sounds like, you know, the kids love baseball there, but are there other sports that you've got to compete against? Well, well, a lot of some of the kids that we train actually play on the national football team and play other sport, but a lot of them end up in the end of the day, start loving baseball and stop doing football or stop doing basketball. They have more fun here because we do activities that they probably never used to do. We help them out. We give them baseball shoes, baseball pants from the donations that we get from people abroad. Uh, we want to say thanks to Juan Bustos and stuff like that from Baseball Without Borders. We want to say thanks to Gene Kenark from, um, from the baseball in Nicaragua, from RBI Baseball in Nicaragua, and a couple other people, you know, the girl um, – Kim Kinder, they have helped us out, and we even train women in baseball. So everything is going great so far for us. You know, Peter, it's funny because like th there's a there's a humongous uh, soccer culture. They don't even play eleven on eleven. Like they they they'll do anything. They'll set up they'll set up little box size goals and just run that for three, three on three, nice six on time. six, whatever. Yeah. Seriously, like yep. they're, they're I mean that's that's definitely a thing. And we're talking about the he was bringing up the donations. When we went to those schools initially, they were all so interested in doing baseball. And the funny thing is that we all came up to the same conclusion that none of them could provide gear for the kids. So they never implemented a program. Mm. Well, here you so, go. So, so basically, to, to ask you this, let's get into, you know, the needs, because obviously the needs are equipment. The needs right. are funding. I get out both of those. We're going to take your emails and we'll put it on the show notes if people need to reach out to you. Well, they'll have all the information. What other needs are we talking about? We're talking about um, baseball equipment, gloves and balls, which is very important. We're talking about the biggest need that we have here in Belize is a baseball field. So these kids can get a feeling how the ball rolls better because 
doing it on football field, it bounces too much. You know what I'm saying? So it has too much hop. So that's not good. But the biggest need is baseball field. Baseballs and baseball gloves are the biggest mm -hmm. needs that we have here. But hey, on the yeah. flip side, Anthony, I'll throw this at you. Um, I love, and man, I've been to Cuba nine times, you know, been to the Dominican Republic. I've been all over the world, luckily, you know, thank God, everything. Um, but, you know, what's neat about the part about, you know, the baseball fields, you know, on baseball fields right now is that these young kids that are playing on those, yeah, the ball's going to bounce a little bit, but when they have that nice field, it's going to be way easy for them. Yeah, that's, um, that exactly. I mean, you're training, you're training kids mm -hmm. to develop a lot better when the field's a little bit more rocky. I'm not saying one that's going to bounce and hit all the time and hit them in the face, but when it's a little tough, you know what, you're developing good athletes there. So I like that. Absolutely. And I understand you want to get to a field. I, yeah, I agree with be, you. It's going to yeah. be easier. It's going to be like one, two, three. And we also don't have a baseball mound, but we got the first ever baseball mound built in Belize, downside that has nice number. They were going to charge us 300 and some dollars, Belize to build it, but they end up giving it up to us for free for what we're doing here for the kids in Belize. It's pretty cool, man. You got to see the first ever baseball mound in Belize. Homemade wood right here. Yeah, and we've actually, that's, again, there's awesome. a lot of resources out there. There's, there's an organization. Uh, when I was living up in uh, Camas, Washington, there was a former Major League Baseball player that runs an organization called Baseball Dudes. He's now in, in Tyler, Texas, so he's relocated. And uh, he's got some phenomenal resources. Uh, he's building a new training facility there. Uh, and, uh, so he's got, he has plans for building an actual building, really good portable indoor mounds, um, or outdoor mounds as well. So you're actually taking the mound that Tony's talking about and it's, it's even better, right? So there's all kinds of resources there. So I just give a plug to them because they're, they've been great, a good resource. They have other great you know, tools and resources on, uh, baseball fundamentals too. So. Hey, I'm uh, yeah. I'm uh, and I'm curious, you know, like when you go to the schools or when kids, you know, you start introducing the game of baseball to them. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming kids are kids are all the same around the world. They're, but the thing they love to do the most hit is that is that what attracts them? Right. But, but I, and I asked that and I asked that because, you know, to get them to play, you got to show them the fun part. Right. You can't, you know, you, unfortunately, if you take a bunch of six year olds or seven year olds or eight year olds and you try to play a real game you're going to lose some of these kids, but you said it earlier, if soccer's taken and making smaller fields, a consideration, I'm just going to throw this out to you. A lot of countries have done this and they developed their sport really well. They've gone five on five when, you know, uh, they make smaller fields and played five on five when they're young, instead of having nine on nine, because then, you know, they're always touching the ball a lot more and it's a lot more fun. So that could be a consideration. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I'll throw this at you. Um, and I, I don't mean to, <laughs> he'll be back <laughs> he'll be back i think his thing flipped over <clears throat> yeah you know it's funny like he's talking about it and, and i there I mean, guys I, sorry I, about that there you oh, go no right yeah. the, the other thing i wanted to throw at you was you know you, a lot of times you have those big bats with the big barrels yeah. And they're real light, not the wiffle ball. You could use wiffle ball. We got the big barrel with the big ball. The reason I like those a lot more than anything else for young kids is because they love to swing and hit all the time. And when you use those type of devices, they're always hitting. They very rarely miss the ball. And right. that's exciting to them. So I throw that at you. When you said earlier, is there any advice? That would be my advice to you with the real, real young kids is look at those kind of things. There's a lot so of we would 
not a, it, not it's a, interesting you say that you, you say that shorter you know that five on five concept because what we do is when the rains would come up in the pack northwest we would go indoors in the winter so we had a, we would have a six on six pitching machine league so you basically have a catcher four infielders uh and then basically uh roaming uh roaming outfielder uh there um and then you know you're six on six and you're playing a lot of fun in an indoor so you could easily repurpose that and do outdoor uh down yep. here so and, and yeah, it's, you know, it's a in, great idea in the states hockey started it you know when they instead of taking a full hockey rink they'd make three games going the other way you know and obviously in the states at first everybody went nuts you know oh, this ain't hockey this ain't this that but then once they saw their kids having a lot of fun and touching the puck all the time they not only was it fun for the kids, they stayed in the game longer because you guys hit it on the spot. The goal here is what? It's to get them to start and to keep them long term, not to their 12, not to their 13, to as long as possible. And that's the goal. And I love what you guys are saying. What we've been talking about with all of our contacts here in Belize, uh, all over the, in Belize City and in, in down south in Independence and some of these places you guys will uh, learn these these names. My, 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 it's my keyword. My buzzword is legacy. There, there, quite frankly, is no legacy with mm. sports here. They kind of, they bask in glory days of these stages where it's like, man, remember that game 20 years ago? It's like, well, what the hell happened with this 20 year span? What you're saying, what I said, you know, we're all saying is that we kind of, we want these guys to be able to recirculate, keep that cycle going and instead just constantly we're going to ascend instead of just plateau. We don't want to ever fizzle out. You know, we, we legacy. Oh, you said love it. it. Love it. Hey, listen on that. Um, first of all, I want to thank you guys for being on the show. I want to end it with this. Um, and don't worry, we could continue if it, if it, if we've got another leeway here um, when it comes to information, close it off. Tell us anything else that we haven't talked about, about Belize baseball about your organization, what you're trying to do. What did we miss out to let people know in Copabe what's going on there in Belize? Anybody? Yeah, um, guys, take a trip one day down to Belize and come see some Belizean baseball, you know, something different that you haven't seen. Belize can be one of the biggest baseball hubs, just like Dominican Republic, because it's boiling with talent. Come out and check us out. Come out and see me and Andrew play baseball. Come out and see me throw the Belizean bullet, you know. Come and see Coach Rich umpire the games and coach the team. Come see his son play Little League Baseball. His son's very talented. The kids what Tony, have, what Tony fails to mention is that I actually can show up these guys on the baseball yeah, field still, too. So I'm not that, I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> I, I'm, getting the imp- I'm getting the impression Tony's trying to get signed. That's the impression I'm getting. He's doing a little politic and get the scouts down there. Come see him. I, I, hey, by the way, I'm coming to Belize. I guarantee you, I will be there. I just You're don't want exactly. to welcome Anytime. I'm coming. I'm coming. You guys sold me, man. I'm coming. Um, and I'm coming. coming. And I'm coming for the baseball. Then I'll, you know, when if I got time, do the rest of the stuff. But I'm the coming for baseball because that's a passion. Ziplining, waterfalls, mine ruins. Uh, I don't know about ziplining. I'm not. I, I'm. Not, I'm getting old, too old for that kind of stuff. But paradise. Go, paradise. Go paradise. Has a nice, <laughs> nice, um, nice man's place above his house. Hey, that's it. I'll I'll be there, man. Anything else, guys? And we'll close I was, it off. I was, you know, I, I we didn't really get a chance to touch on it. It's like we're talking baseball and this and that, but a lot of our guys that we play on the senior team were, I'd say, ninety five percent of them are former softball players. So <laughs> what we've done is we we've you know we've we've taken a hand in converting a lot of these softball players into baseball players. 
and they have not looked back. And in fact, they have come to us with appreciation. Man, our game has improved. Like you, you couldn't imagine what could happen training baseball and then actually going to play softball. It's a totally different world. So, you know, every, everyone's like everyone's benefiting from it, you know, because they'll come practice with us on a Sunday in Belize City at the Marion Jones Stadium, actually the, the uh, gold medalist, well, former gold medalist. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we train at her facility right there in Belize City. They are with us for two hours and they go play a softball game directly after. And, you know, they, they're <laughs> they're dying to play this game so bad that they'll go wait. They'll go spend five hours a day. Love just, it. Love just it. Game alone. So check us out. Back. You know, if, if people are interested, then go check us out. Look up the, the Youth Baseball Association of Belize. You know, we have a Facebook presence there. Right. So mm -hmm. check us out there. You can see some of the stuff we're doing. And again, what we're all, we're still in the midst of building our structure and our marketing effort and everything. So, but that'll give you a taste of some of the things we're doing there. Absolutely. Folks, we're going to put that on the show notes also. The other thing I wanted to mention, you guys talked about it on um, the WBSC is going to be happy to hear what you said about women's baseball, because they're starting to develop women's baseball more and more. And I will put you in touch with them. Um, I think we, that's a we, great project right there. We train, we train a little girls softball team into baseball and the girl is actually tatted in baseball and she can outshine guys. So we push for women baseball too. Like Coach Riz was saying, we train a base, a softball player and she loves it. She comes every day. And it's just been a pleasure to be working women too, you know. You literally hear those kids, like our, our boys that we've been working with for three years and this girl disappeared for two and she took one crack at a batting practice and you heard them up, why, why, she's better than you. <laughs> like they all they all see it like well, yeah awesome yeah awesome. girls are ready man yep all right guys anything else just thank, thank you again for giving us this platform peter this is oh no, are you kidding i great. mean you're helping me out also we're helping each other i'm here any way i can help uh there's a lot of associations i know I'll, I'll put a shout out to as many people as i can we're trying to help as many countries as possible especially the ones that are starting to develop grassroots level. You guys have a huge advantage. You're talking about a large population. A lot of players are going to be playing the game and great talent, obviously. And you can play all year round. There's so many benefits to, to, yeah. to what you're doing there. And you guys are heading in the right direction. That's what I love to hear. Joe? Yeah, just so everyone knows, we're trying to build this stadium down in uh, Belmopan. And we are looking for donations. We're putting together a GoFundMe page right now. It'll outline exactly what we're trying to do and how much money we're trying to get. We're trying to get both U.S., Canada, and uh, Belize companies to, to put in and be sponsors of this uh, baseball league and baseball diamond. So that's something that'll be out in about the next two weeks. It'll have a video that'll show you exactly what we're about. It give you exactly what we're trying to do and what our, our goal is as far as money uh, and uh, start talking to businesses and individuals about donating for our cause. Yeah, yeah guys, um, less than a less than one hundred and twenty thousand dollars U.S. guys, less one hundred thousand dollars U.S. guys. That's all we're asking for. I mean, fifty thousand U.S. That's all we're asking for so we can build this field. Anything counts. A dollar adds up, guys. All right, folks, and we're going to put that on the show notes. We'll get that fund me page when we when you guys have it. We'll get it up for you. We'll okay. put it on our social media also. Hey, Anthony, Andrew, Joel, Richard, got to thank you, man. I know it's not easy doing a podcast, you know, with four people on there. You guys did a fantastic job. As a matter of fact, you guys could have just kept running, man. I could have walked and had dinner, and you guys could have kept going and done a fantastic job. I didn't even have to be here. We thought we bored you. 
No, not at all. No, no. This is not a boring group. This is a group, not only that's exciting, but you guys also understand what it takes to develop the sport at the grassroots level and how to take it long term. Um, trust me, I don't know everything, but I've been around a lot of countries. I've been around the game a long time. I got an idea when I see somebody that understands how to develop the sport. Um, because I've been very critical, even in the U.S., about how we've done things here. Um, and I've been constructively critical because I believe I'm going to go back to this. And I'll end it with this. You're never going to develop a sport without coaches. That's my final comment. Without good coaching, you will not develop a sport simply because kids won't stay in the game without good coaches. And not only mentally, but physically, because they're not going to get any better. And if they don't get any better and they're not having fun, because fun is what? Fun is me as a 10-year-old, 12-year-old. If I'm striking out, if I can just hit a ground ball, that's fun because I might even get on base. You know, but if I'm not doing that because I'm not getting the right instruction and all that, you know, as good as I do, you know, we're not going anywhere. And I keep pushing for coaches, programs, and that you guys have really got a great idea. You're taking the players that have played for you and you're putting them right under there. You couldn't ask for better coaches than that. Nothing against volunteers. They're great people. But when you could take players and put them there, boy, you're heading in the right direction. And I want to wish you guys the best of luck, man. Thanks for having us, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much. Those are the guys from Belize Baseball. I'm Pete Caliendo. This is Copave Play Ball. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy. God bless you, and we'll see you on the next show. This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at BaseballOutsideTheBox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.